Fantasy World. We're back. Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy's Finest Podcast. I'm your host, William Spencer. No Jalen McQueen this week. He couldn't uh, make the recording this week, but he'll be back. So no worries there. Let's just give him a shout out uh, on Twitter. You can uh, do that by following him on Ace at Ace underscore GameTime215. Let him know that you missed him for this episode. You want to hear his voice, you know. <laughs> we got a lot to cover. Uh, there has been a ton of news uh, the last couple of weeks while we were away. So we're going to try and cover most of it in this episode. We're not going to get too lengthy in our new segment. But man, it's been so much going on. And it has it could have a lot of implications to your fantasy season this year. Uh, I mean, it's like, where to start? But before we get into that, and we're going to get into the main, ep- our main course of our episode. Uh, I said main course, like this is food. So you can tell when you got a big man on the mic. He always thinking about food, <laughs> but uh, we're going to cover uh, our early wide receiver rankings, 11 through 20. Uh, we uh, covered one through 10 in episode four, uh, which is doing surprisingly well uh, the last couple of days. Uh, we actually got up to 400 listens uh, plays on Anchor. Yeah, that's got to be commended. We really appreciate all the guys that are listening to our podcast. It's just uh, amazing to be able to hear uh, our voices uh, giving our own podcast takes and things like that. And people are actually listening and it, it means a lot. So we, I just want to say thank you to all those who are listening. Please continue to listen, share, subscribe. We're on a bunch of different platforms from Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We are, are recently got activated on Stitcher and TuneIn. It's a, it's a bunch of others. So we'll make sure to list those so you can uh, hear us on whatever podcast entity you're using. So without further ado, let's get into the news. Because like I said, it's been so much going on the last couple of days uh, recently because of camp starting and things like that. So let's jump into it. Now, before we get to the news, I did forget to do one thing uh, before we switch to our new segment. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Fantasy's Finest. You can also follow me on Twitter as well at I am Hyperion underscore FPH. You can follow us on Facebook and join our community. We have a Fantasy Finest page and group. Uh, We really would appreciate it if you did that. You can also follow us on Instagram uh, at Fantasy's Finest for the latest news. Uh, memes and updates and stuff stuff like that on our Instagram page. But let's go to our new segment. Like I said, we had a lot to cover because of training camp getting underway. Uh, we have a lot of players who are not showing up to camp because they want new contracts. Uh, the biggest, the one to start us off was Melvin Gordon. Uh, he had told uh, the Chargers brass through his agent that he will not be showing up to training camp. And if they do not give him a new deal, he will request a trade from the team. Uh, his agent, Fletcher Smith, uh, reported this to Adam Schefter, who tweeted it out, uh, I believe, a couple days ago. Now, Melvin Gordon is set to make $5.6 million uh, in the final year of his four-year $10 million contract, rookie contract. Uh, he will be an unrestricted agent. 
unrestricted free agent in uh, 2020. He's recently said that he will hold out. Uh, his holdout could extend into the regular season. So what that means is that basically he's like, yo, I, I want to get paid. You know, he's on the final year of his deal. He wants more money or he wants a new contract. So Melvin Gordon, he's there's been a lot of varying opinions on whether he's worth the money. I, I kind of I think he is worth the money. He's he's not a running back that's going to get you a thousand yards all the time. I believe he's only had one thousand yard season so far in his uh, his career, but he's a running back who's very versatile who's deadly on um, in the passing game out uh, for the Chargers. He had uh, 10 touchdowns last season. Uh, he can do multiple things that makes him a threat. He's over 1,000 yards from scrimmage, uh, every, almost, I believe, almost every year. So he's a running back who can he, – he, he's deadly on the ground. Uh, he's deadly through the air. He's a guy – he. I would say in most circles, he's got to be at least the top 10 running back, maybe top seven. Uh, overall, there's a lot of talent out there, but Melvin Gordon is one of the, among one of the best running backs in the league. Now, whether or not the Chargers will actually pay him is a whole nother discussion, because right now the Chargers are dug in um, and they will not. They aren't giving him a new deal right now. I don't believe that there are any contract negotiations going on as well. Uh, so. It's uh, it's they're about to play the waiting game. They're gonna see who budges first. Uh, if Melvin Gordon doesn't show up, you're looking at Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson to take over the reps uh, during training camp uh, while Melvin Gordon's not there. So we'll see who blinks first. Someone else who's kind of following suit and holding out is Ezekiel Elliott. Now earlier. Uh, during the season, this is a little bit older, but we I wanted to cover this as well. You know, he's not going to be suspended because uh, because of the incident that happened in Las Vegas. Uh, we all know what's going on with that, about him being sued by the security guard, which is kind of a lame move because he waited, I believe he waited about 50-plus days to decide whether he was going to come after Ezekiel Elliott because he felt, he felt like, oh, the league didn't uh, punish him for him knocking him over the guardrail like come on dude if it was anybody else this would be a non-issue you're not gonna you're doing security at a music festival like and you're like 180 pounds if that soaking wet he probably not even that much he's a young guy but you getting bumped in a security in a music festival like let's be real if it was anybody else this would not be a a a issue, but because it's Ezekiel Elliott, because he's famous and he has money, he's a target. Now, I'm not gonna say what Ezekiel Elliott did was the smartest thing, you know, being out that late and you know bringing attention to himself by uh, him and his girlfriend or assumed girlfriend out there arguing. But you know, come on, like if you you know how big he is and you know that he's Ezekiel Elliott and he's a running back for the Dallas Cowboys. The last thing you're going to do is try and egg him on if he's upset. And if you look at the TMZ video, that's what it looked like he did because Zeke wasn't even looking at him. And then he turned around when the guy said something to him and then Zeke went back to him. So, you know, that's that's neither here nor there. But back to the main topic of the fact that he's holding out. 
it seems like he's going to be holding out for a new contract. Uh, he was supposed to meet uh, with the team Thursday to head out to Oxnard, California for a training camp, and he missed the flight. So he had until now I'm recording this uh, Saturday morning, early Saturday morning. It's like 1:47 a.m. Uh, at the time of this recording, Ezekiel Elliott has not shown up to training camp. He was he could have reported to training camp Friday and showed up on his own like uh, other uh, players for the Dallas Cowboys have already shown up on their own. I believe uh, Demarcus Lawrence was reported as uh, showing up. He was actually there before the team showed up from the uh, charter flight to Oxnard. So right now the Cowboys have the option to find him if they don't if he doesn't show up to camp. But that's their option to do so. I, most recent recent reports saying they are trying to work out something uh, with Ezekiel Elliott, Patrick Walker from uh, he's one of the football uh, Dallas Cowboy analysts that I follow on Twitter. He recently said that uh, they're exchanging words uh, as far as uh, the contract, and Dallas has sent out an offer and a counter offer is being sent uh, to Ezekiel Elliott or could be sent to Ezekiel Elliott soon. So Dallas is trying to get him in camp. They're trying to make him happy. And they, they, you know, the Cowboys need Ezekiel Elliott just as much as he needs them. Jerry Jones has stuck out his neck to keep Ezekiel Elliott with the team. Um, We all know what happened in 2017 uh, during the whole suspension thing. And uh, Jerry Jones going after Roger Goodell or him beefing with Roger Goodell over the alleged the suspension he's stuck by him during the whole the whole court uh scenario so they want they ezekiel elliott needs to be with the dallas cowboys he helps the offense go and he's a big part of what they need if they want if they hoping to get to a super bowl anytime soon um another piece of information on ezekiel elliott is that if he doesn't show up to camp and he does intend to hold out he has until august 6th to show up to camp so that he can get the accrued year for his uh for the remaining two years on his deal. If he does not show up by August sixth, he'll lose that accrued year and have to play an additional year on his uh, rookie deal. While it may not seem like he's in a position to uh, hold out and get what he wants, well, right now they're certainly trying to get everything done so that he can avoid a a worse scenario. Uh, moving on, Michael Thomas. Is another NFL player who's holding out in the hopes of a new deal. Uh, Michael Thomas has said that he's not reporting to camp until he gets a new deal. Um, he He's on the final year of his contract. Um, I don't have his numbers for his contract or what he's going to be making. But it's more than obvious that the New Orleans Saints are going to try and get something done for him. Michael Thomas is one of the biggest names in football and fantasy football. He's a PPR machine, and what he does for the Saints, he's Drew Brees' number one target. If he's not there, who's Drew Brees throwing to? You have Traquan Smith. You may have Cameron Meredith coming back from injury. Ted Ginn. Um, he does have. He has options, but none of those options are as big as what Michael Thomas brings to the table. So look for the Saints to try and get something done. Uh, rumors are on his on a contract that he wants to have. He's looking to be the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. 
he's looking to get or he's rumored to want to have a 20 million dollar a year deal wow uh, i don't think that's ever been done before so <laughs> of course that hasn't been done before nobody said 20 million so it, we'll see where michael thomas and the saints end up at we'll see how that story ends uh, Cam Newton is expected to be a full goal for training camp. He recently had soldier, soldier, shoulder surgery, ugh, tongue tied, this offseason, but he was cleared to throw during AT, uh, OTAs, and he will have no limitations during training camp, uh, which is a good sign. Uh, if you check uh, the Fantasy's Finest Twitter page, we had, a pit, we had a video of Cam Newton throwing a deep ball to Curtis Samuel, uh, and he looked, uh, he hit Curtis Samuel in stride. Uh, for a touchdown pass so maybe cam newton's over his uh shoulder issues and he could be keeps it up and he can stay healthy he should be an asset uh for your fantasy team if you're targeting him all right that'll do it for our uh, new segment now we're going to get into our early wide receiver rankings 11 through 20. Now it's time to get into the nitty gritty. Uh, we're going to finish up our early wide receiver rankings for the 2019 season. We're doing 11 through 20. Uh, as I mentioned before in the outset of the podcast, we already did uh, 1 through 10. Because Ace isn't here, I'll have his list for 11 through 20 posted on Twitter. Like we did uh, when we finished uh, 1 through 10. So... Uh, for my rankings for 11 through 20, I have to start at number 11. I have Stefan Diggs. Now, I like Stefan Diggs. I have, I haven't been in a position to draft him for fantasy. Uh, he just eludes me. He normally gets picked either before me. He gets picked uh, normally before I can get a chance to grab him. He was able to finish 12th last year in standard scoring, 10th in PPR, uh, he ranked 7th in targets with 148, and he finished with 102 receptions, which ranks 8th amongst wide receivers. He's a bad man. Uh, I do like the fact that they threw, they did throw the ball a lot under John Filippo before he was canned, and now he's in Jacksonville. I am kind of concerned about how much they'll be throwing the ball. They really want to get Dalvin Cook going uh, we know dalvin cook has suffered a lot of injuries he hasn't played a lot of games because of that but they still insist on wanting to run the ball and when the new offensive coordinator for the vikings took over uh, later on in the season you could tell that they weren't looking to throw the ball as much and the wide receivers as a whole their targets dropped uh, over the final four or five games. Uh, I remember l looking up the numbers before. I'm going to try and pull them up now. But it was re the drop-off was noticeable enough where they were averaging almost double-digit targets uh, for the first half of the season. And then when John Filippo got, got fired, the the change was almost instant. Stefan Diggs, in particular, out of both uh, 
him and Adam Thielen were able to produce, but it wasn't to the liking where it wasn't to the liking where it was in the beginning of the season. They were they were getting ten targets, twelve targets, fifteen targets, eleven targets, all in the beginning of the season, and then that production just dropped off once uh, John D. Filippo and the Vikings uh, made that offensive coordinator change. He still managed to finish. He still finished eighth uh, in touchdowns with nine. I think that they're going. They're still going to use. Of course, they're still going to use the uh, wide receivers. It's just a matter of if their targets are going to be the same. But even if they're not, Stefan Diggs is still a big, big time playmaker. Uh, he's still going to get the ball because Kirk Cousins has to throw to somebody, and he's just one of those. He's one of those young dynamic wide receivers that is grabbing a lot of attention not only in reality uh, football but in fantasy as well I like Stefan Diggs if I have a chance to draft him this year um, he's definitely on my radar I definitely want to get him on a team you can grab him as a a lower end or I guess you would say a lower end or a mid-range wide receiver one like I said it depends on how how they're going to use him this season. And I have his numbers from weeks 11 through 15. You can tell that there's a stark difference in his targets uh, once the change was made. He only reached double-digit targets um, in week 15. Like from weeks 11 through tw- 11 through 14, his targets were 6, 6, 7, 6, and then 10. If you look at the beginning of this season, it was week 2, 13. Uh, week three, 10, week four, 15, week five, 11. And then you hit a little bump in week six when he got four targets. And then week seven, 15, week eight, 11, week nine, 18, week 10, 11. So he was getting pretty tar- He was getting double digit targets for the large majority of the first half of the season. For, and then that change happened. But they're still looking to throw him the ball, uh, have a little more hope. Uh, that they'll keep throwing the ball uh, to him, which will still make him a big uh, fantasy commodity. So we're going to move on. Uh, at number 12, I have T.Y. T- Hilton. Uh, he finished 15th last year in standard scoring, 14th in PPR. Uh, he has he had uh, 15. He ranked 15th in targets with 120. He had 76 receptions, which ranked for 7th. Uh, excuse me, 16th. Um, T.Y. Hilton, a lot of people are saying that he could have a down year because they're bringing in so many weapons. You have Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron at the tight end spots. They drafted Paris Campbell, who's um, who was gaining a lot of attention uh, during the OTAs. They signed Devin Funches. But I think this is a good thing for T.Y. Hilton. The Colts are passing... A pass-heavy offense, but for the large majority of Ty's career, he's really only been the only viable wide receiver. I mean, you had Dante Moncrief when he was there; he was more of a red zone guy. He scored a lot. He scored more touchdowns than Ty Hilton did. But outside of that, who's been the the solid number two? Who's the who's been the other guy that could garner? attention away from T.Y. Hilton or 
you know, the the opposing defenses had to stop uh, or game plan for outside of T.Y. Hilton. And off the top of my head, I can't really think of anybody. I mean, if you can think of anybody, let me know. And it depends on how far we go back. But this could actually be a benefit to T.Y. Hilton because now you have Devin Funches, you have Paris Campbell, you have Naeem Hines out the backfield, Malcolm, uh, Marlon Mack. I was about to say Malcolm Butler. I'm like, no, he don't play offense. (laughs) But uh, Marlon Mack, you know, he can catch out the backfield too, but they they lean more towards Naeem Hines to do that. They have options in the passing game now, so you can't just key in on T.Y. Hilton and say, oh, we're going to stop him because now you have a lot. Andrew Luck has a lot more options. And I think that means for T.Y. Hilton that he'll be more – he can get targeted a little more freely, uh, and hopefully we just need him to be targeted more in the end zone. He ranked 23rd in among wide receivers last year with only six touchdowns. He is he's the wide receiver I would target more in PPR scoring formats than standard. The touchdowns is a thing that he just doesn't score a lot. Uh, Maybe it's because of his size, or maybe it's because of the fact that um, the tight end and the running back probably eat more uh, in the red zone than T.Y. Hilton does. Uh, he only had he only accounts for about twenty percent of the targets inside the red zone, but the percentage goes down to thirteen point two when you get to the end zone. So if he can get targeted more in the end zone going towards uh when you're when a wide receiver crosses the goal line maybe he could score a few more touchdowns but he's still a good wide receiver um you could probably you could still count him as a wide receiver one um, if you're depending on your strategy if you're looking to grab running backs because the depth for running backs is a little lower than wide receiver but i like ty hilton this year um now going to 13, um, I have Keenan Allen from the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, I think he's moving past his injury woes, which is which used to scare a lot of people off. He's heavily targeted. The Chargers are another offense that like to throw the ball. Uh, he finished 11th in targets with 137, and he ranked 9th in receptions with 97. He almost had almost 1,200 yards, um, 1,196, and that ranked 13th among uh, wide receivers. He finished 14th um, overall in standard, 12th in PPR. Uh, he only had six touchdowns, so he tied with T.Y. Hilton uh, in that regard. He He's another one that he doesn't score a lot of touchdowns, which is mind-boggling because of how good he is. Um, everywhere else on the field. I think he faces a similar situation with like a T.Y. Hilton. Um, they both are in pass-heavy offenses, but they both have a lot of weapons that can be used in the red zone. Hunter Henry, Mike Williams, uh, Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler. Uh, so they have options as well. I don't think their options are as deep as I don't think they're as deep as the Indianapolis, the Indianapolis Colts, but the Chargers are still going to 
spread the ball around when it, when they get inside the end zone. Hopefully, they can keep he they can target or put Keenan Allen in better position to score some more fantasy points. Keenan Allen accounts for about eighteen percent of the targets inside the end zone, and that amounts to about they broke down to about seven targets um, over the year. So that number should go up now that um, there's no more Antonio Gates and there's no more uh, Terrell Williams because uh, both have made have moved on. Uh, Williams is in Oakland and Antonio Gates is riding off into the sunset. For my 14th ranked wide receiver, Adam Thielen. I like Adam Thielen. He is a very he's a very good. Well, and very good is probably putting it uh, mildly. He's a superb uh, route runner. Um, just getting to watch some Vikings games last season and catching some highlights, man. He shakes DBs out their shoes. The one thing that, like I was concerned about with Stefan Diggs, but even more so with uh, Adam Thielen, is that coaching change that occurred last season. And I think that hurt. Adam Thielen a little bit more than it did Stefan Diggs. Now, despite that, Adam Thielen finished last year uh, ranked the seventh wide receiver in fantasy and PPR and standard formats. Uh, he had 155 targets and 113 uh, receptions, and he had uh, 1,373 yards that ranked eighth. Um, he was getting targeted out the out the like crazy in the beginning of the season, but then that that drop off over the final uh, five weeks is what scares me because it's because they want they really want to get back to running the ball. They take away opportunities from stellar players like Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs, and they they funnel it into running the ball a bit more. Um, I'll try and get a breakdown for what the percentage was over those weeks. But you see the shift uh, from the same in the same time frame from weeks 11 to 16. Adam Thielen had nine targets, 10 targets in week 12. Then it drops down to seven in week 13. Uh, week 14, it was two. Week 15, it was six. And week 16, it was four. So it was like, what is going on? used to have one of the best wide receiver tandems in the league and the targets drop off uh, quite substantially especially over the last the final four weeks when you're hitting you know the fantasy playoffs and you know hopefully making a bid for a championship your wide receiver maybe Thielen was a, a wide receiver one on some teams week 16 he's only getting you four targets for 38 yards that's not good now he did have a 75 percent catch rate in that game but only 38 yards no touchdowns he scored no touchdowns over the final four weeks of the season uh that would scare me too now you coming into the season hopefully they don't go as run heavy as they did last year uh towards the end where it affected uh Thielen and Diggs targets like that but that was a that was a red flag for me I was you know Adam Adam Thielen did damage during the regular during the regular season in the beginning. You want that kind of production to carry over uh, for your fantasy team. 
So hopefully they work all that out. But I have him ranked 14th. I think he's he's safe there. Um, they're still going to have. He's still going to be one of the primary focuses in the wide receiver game. But hopefully they get those targets together and they go back up uh, towards the regular season. Now coming in at number 15, I have Robert Woods from the Los Angeles Rams. I really liked Robert Woods. Um, not like this in past tense. I actually still like him now. Uh, his production could probably get a, a bump up with the news of Todd Gurley maybe losing some production. I, I'm still kind of skeptical on that. But he's Robert Woods is still one of the more targeted wide receivers in that offense. Uh, he finished uh, 13th, ranked 13th in targets with 131. Uh, he had 86 receptions, which, which was 11th uh, among wide receivers. He finished as a top 10 fantasy uh, wide receiver in standard and 11th in PPR. He had uh, 1,129 yards, which ranked 11th. They, the Rams are one of the more prolific passing units uh, in, the, in the league. If you can grab Robert Woods uh, later on in your draft, you should not feel any type of way about having him on your team. Um, he's when I look at the the Rams wide receivers, for me it's Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, then Brandon Cooks. Now I know a lot of people like Brandon Cooks because he's a deep threat, but when you have Robert Woods can streak down the field, he's not going to be. He's, I wouldn't say he's in, in the same league in terms of speed with Brandon Cooks, but Robert Woods is a bigger wide receiver. You can use him a little bit more in the red zone um, in comparison to the other two. I think when they get uh, closer to the end zone, Cooper Cup becomes the man because of how quickly he can react and get open in short spaces. Um, I have him ranked a little bit lower on my list, but... He's still up there. I don't have. I don't have uh, Brandon Cooks in my top twenty. Like, I, it's not to say that he's not a good wide receiver, but in terms of fantasy value for me, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup are the two wide receivers that I would target first over Brandon Cooks. He had seven touchdowns last season, was ranked thirteenth. He's just I think Robert Woods is the best the best all around wide receiver for the Rams. He just he can do damage in so many different ways in so many areas of the football field as opposed to um Brandon Cooks. I think uh that's why I have him ranked that way. So if you can nail Robert Woods somewhere in the th- I believe he's going somewhere in the 4th round. 4th or maybe mid third, early fourth round, I would be I would be fine having him there. Um, if I go running back heavy in the first two rounds, and then I'm looking for a wide receiver in the third or fourth round, um, Robert Woods would be the guy that I would want to target. Um, the Rams are going to pass the ball a ton. You got Jared Goff that's back there, and he's not bad passing the ball. You saw what he did last year. Um, he Robert Woods would be one of the wide receivers that I wouldn't be concerned with um, if I were targeting, if I missed out on, you know, the bigger name guys like 
DeAndre Hopkins and Devontae Adams and, you know, Julio Jones and Mike Evans. If all those guys are gone and I'm looking at the next tier or maybe the tier the tier after, I'm, I'm fine with picking Robert Woods. All right, moving on. Coming in at number 16, Calvin Ridley for the Atlantic Fal- Atlanta Falcons. I'm about Atlantic. <laughs> um, he finished 18th in fantasy, 22nd in PPR. He finished in 38th. He ranked 38th in targets with 92. I expect the number to go up this year, um, as well as his receptions. He's He was a rookie last year. Um, he dominated... You know, he dominated in the end zone with six, excuse me, 10 touchdowns, ranked six among wide receivers. And he almost had a thousand yards. He had um, 121, um, which ranked 28th. But I think those, the targets, his receptions, and his yards could go up, should go up this year. Um, Dirk Cutter is back with the Atlanta Falcons um, after his time with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The reason. Chris Godwin is getting so much hype this year, you know, um, because it, the reason Chris Godwin is getting so much hype this year, um, heading into this fantasy season, was because of how he was targeted last year, all over the field and in the red zone. I think that Dirk Cutter will bring that same type of style to the Atlanta Falcons, and he'll use. Uh, Calvin Ridley, similar to how Chris Godwin was used in his final year for the Bucks. If he can get, he he's already, in my opinion, he's already better than Muhammad Sanu. There's no real contest there. He's already number two wide receiver for the Falcons. Um, Tevin Coleman is gone. They're saying that they want to use, um, not a committee, but they're going to shuffle. They're going to split time between. Uh, Ito Smith and their other running back, uh, Oliver. Or, or I got to get his name. But Devontae Freeman is going to be the main guy getting targets out of the backfield. But if the Atlanta Falcons are going to be passing more, I would expect Calvin Ridley to get a uh, get a bump in, in those areas. And he's going to be a nice pick for your fantasy team. Uh, Matt Ryan trusts him around the um, red zone, which is good for me. If you have that kind of relationship with Matt Ryan and they don't seem to want to throw the ball, you know, prior to Cutter getting there, they didn't really seem like they wanted to throw Julio the ball or use him in a red zone, which is a bit odd. But that might change the season, too, under Cutter as the offensive coordinator. But if you can get Calvin Ridley, I, I would recommend him as well. Coming in at number 17 is Cooper Cup. Um... I have him ranked 17th because of the fact that he's coming back from an ACL injury. Um, that injury might ward off some people that may have been high on Cup last season and maybe a bit jaded because he tore his uh, ACL. But he played in eight games before going down in fantasy last year. And his numbers were, over the, those eight games, he finished with 556 yards and six touchdowns. Over eight games, that's halfway through the season. If he continued that level of production, he could have hit double-digit touchdowns and over a thousand yards as a slot receiver. That's gold. Now, he's there. Haven't been any setbacks as far as uh, Cup's recovery 
as he worked back from the ACL injury, which is good. Um, they're likely going to take it easy on him during training camp uh, so that he doesn't have any relapses uh, or injury relapses and things of that nature, which is good. If you if you have an opportunity to grab Cup, don't be scared of him being hurt or him being worked back slowly. It is the beginning of training camp. They're not going to run him through drills unless he's ready. Um, they're not going to you know, make his workload hard uh, during training camp. I think he'll be good for week one. Um, I haven't seen any reports that would suggest otherwise. Cup is Jared Goff's safety blanket. They don't really use tight ends there. Um, and the wide receivers seem to have a pretty uh, balanced role in the offense. And Cup is the guy who turns short yardage catches into y- longer yardage gains. And he's used well around the red zone. Cup, if you can get, if people in your league are leery on Cup, take advantage of that. Go ahead and grab him. Coming in at number 18. I'm about to jump ahead to 19. Coming in at 18 is Chris Godwin. Um, he's getting a lot of hype this this year, as mentioned before. Uh, Bruce Arians is the new head coach over there, and he's really been uh, gushing over Chris Godwin. Uh, he's been saying things like, oh, he's not coming off the field. You know, they're going to use him a ton. I kind of believe it because... Adam Humphreys, the slot uh, wide receiver that was there last year, he's gone. He's in Tennessee. Deshaun Jackson also left. He's in Philadelphia uh, with the Eagles. O.J. Howard is looking like the third pass-catching option. Brashad Brashad Perryman is trying to salvage his NFL career. Uh, with the Bucks, he's going to be their slot wide receiver, I believe. So when you look at their starting unit, you have Mike Evans, you have O.J. Howard, you have Chris Godwin, and you have Rashad Perryman. When Arian says that he's not coming off the field, I kind of believe him. Because who else is there? Uh, all those targets between all those targets between Humphreys and Deshaun Jackson are gone. So that's a bump right there. Uh, as far as the targets that he had last year, he had 95 targets and 59 receptions. Uh, he finished with 842 yards and seven touchdowns. With that many targets left over uh, um, between Humphreys and Deshaun Jackson, Chris Godwin could very well stay on the field at, for a large majority of the time and and be a threat. Well, he had 67.7% of the snap shares for the team last year. So he was likely splitting time out with uh, Deshaun Jackson in those wide receiver two uh, sets. Because, you know, Deshaun Jackson is a respectable deep threat. It makes sense. But with those, with him and Humph- with Jackson and Humphreys gone, Chris Godwin's going to soak up some of those targets. Uh, Mike Evans' target share probably won't change too drastically because he's already a heavily targeted wide receiver. So if his share doesn't change, you have to look to Chris Godwin and O.J. Howard to soak up those uh, targets because I don't 
you tell me. I, I don't think anybody out of the backfield between Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones are really looking like, you know, stalwarts um, out of the pa- uh, pa- in the passing game out of the backfield. And I have a really – I did, uh, is anyone buying Andre Ellington? Just Not to get off topic too quick, but anybody thinking he's going to be the guy in – in Tampa, anybody buying that? Because I have that feeling in the back of my head. It's like he's there for a reason, and the the pickup was such. It was so under the radar. Like when I read it, I'm like, oh well, when did this happen? <laughs> like he Arians, as soon as he got there, like maybe a week or two later, he scooped up Andre Ellington, and it was like low key. Like I didn't get any alerts on you know, Bleacher Report or, you know, any of those outlets like that. And so when I found out about it, I'm like, oh, okay. I, when did this happen? But they've been talking about how dragged the running back core is with Peyton Barber being the plotter and Ronald Jones being an unknown. I don't want to say this, but just keep an eye on Adrian Ellington. I, I, I have a very sneaky feeling that his name is going to pop up later on in the season or in training camp if Ronald Jones in particular doesn't show out because they've been saying Peyton Barber is the lead back, but he sucks. I mean, what what did he do last year that made you like, oh, yeah, I I definitely got to get me some of those Peyton Barber shares. You know, he's, he's – no, I'm not buying Peyton Barber. If Ronald Jones doesn't show out, I'm – the next man up is probably Andre Ellington. If a trade doesn't happen or, you know, a running back becomes available or, you know, one of the free agent running backs gets scooped up. Because uh, I believe J.H.I. is clear. He's been cleared for to return to, like, practice and stuff since his knee, since he tore his ACL. I think he's been cleared. But I don't know. I just wanted to throw that in there. But uh, it makes sense to me. Chris Godwin is going to be, he's being highly sought after. He's being highly talked about uh, this offseason. If I can get shares of him, I will. Uh, So far in my mock drafts, I haven't really been able to tie him down. And I'm not, depending on who's left and where he's being drafted, uh, I'm not reaching for him. But if I can get him, I will. All right. So, 19, at uh, the 19th spot, I have Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd is another wide receiver who's been getting a lot of noise, uh, hype noise as far as coming into this uh, fantasy season. And I think rightfully so. Um, The Bengals have been looking for a number two wide receiver for a while. Uh, They had, I thought that they had one when Marvin Jones was there, and then they shipped him out, or they didn't want to pay him. So it's been AJ Green and nobody else because Tyler Eifert's been hurt. Joe Mixon is coming on and he's showing off his pass catching skills, but there's still a lot of targets there in the Cincinnati Bengals offense where Tyler Boyd can be viable now. Um, you saw it last year; he had 108 targets uh, for 76 receptions and just over a thousand yards. But he's the wide receiver too. He did. He benefited from working well with 
AJ Green while he was healthy, and then he kind of took a took a hit when AJ Green went down, but he was still getting that. I believe he's still getting the volume. So, boy showed why he can be a legit wide receiver option, even if he's the number two. He had seven touchdowns last year, which is pretty good. Uh, and then you have the offensive changes that are being made for the Rams. Uh, not the Rams. I'm thinking Zach Taylor because he's the new head coach from the Rams coming over to the Cincinnati Bengals. And, you know, if you can get some of that Rams magic in the passing game for Andy Dalton to hit uh, A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd, he could see a bump in production as the, you know, he could benefit from being targeted more as the number two option uh, for the Bengals. I like Tyler Boyd, of course, because he's in my top 20, but I was able to pick him up last year um, off waivers in one of my leagues, and he paid he paid off pretty well. Uh, so he's definitely not hitting waivers this year. But Tyler Boyd is definitely a wide receiver to get your hands on between him, Godwin, and... Calvin Ridley. Those three wide receivers in particular, I would like to target. I want shares of each one of these guys if I can get them on my fantasy team this year. And probably saying that if anybody, if any one of my friends are listening, I probably ruined those chances. (laughs) But it doesn't matter. If I can get at least one of them on one of my fantasy teams, I'm golden. All right. Now, coming in at the 20th spot. I have Kenny Galladay from the Detroit Lions. I was rather hype on him last year because he was a big, big body wide receiver. You had Golden Tate, who was more slot duty, and Marvin Jones was probably the only real opposition for him in the red zone because how he thrives there. But I like Kenny Galladay coming into this season. Golden Tate is gone. Um, He's in NY and... Per recent reports, he got slapped with a four-game suspension. So, that sucks for the Giants. But Kenny Galladay is going to be... He should see a bump in uh, targets, too. He's going to be the number one. I don't know what's what's going on with Marvin Jones. Uh, reports were that the Lions were thinking about trading him uh, midseason. He's not... He's not happy with what's going on with uh, the offensive scheme with under Pat Matt Patricia. I don't know what's going on over there as far as Marvin Jones is concerned, but if anything leads to Marvin Jones getting checked out of there, um, Kenny Galladay is going to soak up those targets. There's already a target share there with Golden State not being there. He had 118 targets last season, which was good for a rookie. 70 receptions, and he finished with just over 1,000 yards, uh, 1,063, and five touchdowns. I believe that the Lions are going to try and run the ball. They haven't had a stable running running back group in, like, forever. But when it comes to passing in the red zone, um, I think that's where you're going to be looking at. You have... Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, and that new, uh, the new rookie tight end, uh, T.J. Hawkinson. So, Kenny Galladay is going to be leading the wide receivers for the Lions. 
I think he can actually finish higher in fantasy. But I, I'll keep him at my in my top twenty list and it's good and go from there. But I, I like Kenny Galladay this season. Matt Matt Stafford should be looking his way pretty much uh, a little bit more. I say he can get anywhere between the targets that he had last year, and I say his high his ceiling could be 130, 130 targets. But that rounds up our, well, mine, because Jalen ain't here. But like I said, um, I'll get Jalen's list, and I'll have it posted on Twitter at Fantasy's Finest. Um, but this will wrap it up for the early wide receiver rankings 11 through 20. We'll be going through, we're going to finish up our the rest of our rankings uh, later on in, in further episodes. I think I should break up the monotony a little bit. I don't want to keep doing uh, rankings. So we'll see if we can get some audience participation uh, in our next episode. Maybe some, some questions or try and answer some questions or answer some fancy questions from our followers and listeners. We'll see how that goes. Uh, that'll wrap it up for this episode. Thank you guys for listening. Hopefully we'll have Jalen back um, in our next couple episodes. He's been, like I said, he's been taking care of some business. So just make sure you're straight. Uh, hit him up on, on Twitter at Ace underscore GameTime215. Um, let him know you missed him for this episode. And uh, we'll be back at you guys. Thanks for listening.